If you would take your scriptures, turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter 2, we'll be reading the entire chapter. 2 Peter 2, would you give ear to the reading of God's word? But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of the eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterwards would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord God now how to de- then the Lord God knows how to deliver the, un- the godly out of temptations to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. And especially those who walk according to the flesh and the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. But these, the nat- like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption. And will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you. Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart and covetous practices and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, They allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption, for by whom a person is overcome, by him also he was brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning." For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it, to truly from the holy commandment delivered them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to his vomit, and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. May God add his blessing, the reading of his word. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, we come this morning to bow down before you, to acknowledge that your word is truth and that your Bible, the revelation of yourself along with your will, are the ways you have through the Holy Spirit and holy men inspired us. Your truth comes to us through your word, which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It shows us how to live. It's profitable. So by your spirit, by your word, show us the truth that you would have us learn from the living of the Christian life together as believers here in this, your local church. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Peter has undertaken to warn us about the dangers of false teachers. He warns us of their methods, of how they try with all of their energy to pull us away from the truth of God to follow a lie. They do their work very subtly, and they're very good at it. They attack especially those who are not yet well grounded in the truth of God's word and the glory of the message of salvation given through Jesus Christ. These men are very dangerous. They're evil. They have no love for others or for God's word. The only thing they want is assurance in their battle with God that they can overcome his standard. The only way they can have any assurance, although a false insurance, is to win other men over to their destructive heresies. They believe large numbers prove they're right. They use any and every means available to win to them these converts. They will lie, cheat, and steal to achieve their purpose. There's nothing they honor or respect, nothing that is dear to them except their own pleasure. Peter tells us to be very careful and to be very wise because these men will come in among us secretly with their destructive heresies. How can we fight such wicked schemes? There's only one way, and that is the study of God's word and be so intimately familiar with the truth that it teaches until anything that does not line up will stand out clearly in our thinking. This is Peter's whole purpose in teaching about these evil and wicked men who try to deceive. He wants you to understand you have only one protection from them, and that's God's word properly understood in the light of the Holy Spirit's guidance. We are told in the scripture that a lack of knowledge is what destroys in Hosea 4.6, God says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. In Proverbs 29.18, it's taught, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. God's word is the standard of God's people. We cannot worship, serve, or obey him without intimate knowledge of what God's word teaches. These false teachers are preying on people who do not know God's word. Preachers who come to the pulpit without God's word are false teachers. Those who try to guide people without God's word are heretics. The only way you can protect yourself against such teachers and their destructive heresies is to study God's word. This is what is at the heart of Peter's warning. As Christians, we cannot stand on anything but God's word. 
God sent Jesus Christ into this world to do for us, his people, what we could never do for ourselves. He sent Christ to live the perfect life we could never live because of our sinful hearts. He sent him to die the atoning death because of our rebellion. He sent him to win the resurrection victory because of our weakness. Our salvation is in Jesus Christ and in him alone. You cannot be saved by keeping of commandments. You cannot be saved by good works. You can only be saved by trusting in Jesus Christ and in him alone. This is what Peter wants you to understand. This is what all false teachers are trying to keep you from seeing. You must not allow these men to lead you away from complete trust in Christ. You must not allow them to cause you to trust in yourself, for that is the road to total destruction. In this next section, Peter lays out the final estate of these false teachers. He shows what will happen to them for their deception and rebellion. First, he describes their estate. He shows their nature, their plan of deception, and their bondage. Second, Peter gives you a solid understanding of their estate and where it leads. He explains their condition and gives an understanding of the direction they have taken and then lays out their final end. It is Peter's desire to now paint a clear picture of the types of people these false teachers are so that believers will have no trouble recognizing them. He begins with a description of their natural estate. He lays before you the type of nature they have and the design they have on you. Then he explains the circumstances of their lives. Throughout all of this, the one thing that should stand out clearly for all to see is the deception in which these false teachers work. Peter has already said that they have come secretly, bringing with them destructive heresies. He spoke about these heresies and the terrible consequences to all who fall into them. Now he sets out to show the inner darkness of those who deliver such evil and such wicked messages. You can hear the, in Peter's words his disgust of these men who substitute the truth with a lie. These are men who hate all that the gospel of Jesus Christ teaches. They hate the idea that they are worthless and helpless before God because of their sin. They want a gospel that gives to them the final word on salvation. They do not accept dependence on anything but their own cunning. They desire more than anything, especially with God, not some servancy to him. Peter says of them in verse 17, These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. This is their nature. They are a dry and worthless group. He shows this in two illustrations. First, he calls them springs without water. In contrast to this, Jesus told the Samaritan woman in John 4, 6 that those who came to him would become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. He also in John 7, 37b-38 says of these springs of water, 
If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Peter wants you to understand. These men do not give to you life-giving water. They do not bring the true gospel of Jesus Christ. They do not call you to hear his words of life and acknowledge that you're a sinner, lost and without hope. They don't offer you to you the only one who can save your soul. They offer only a dry well, a spring without water. What is that? It's human effort. There's no human effort involved in the initial act of salvation. Men, because of the sin of Adam, were plunged into death. They were separated from God. They were lost and without hope. It's only when the Holy Spirit operates on the heart and makes him a spring of life-giving water within that heart that a person is saved. These men offer nothing but the dust of despair in the place of living water. In this second illustration, clouds carried by a tempest. Peter shows the utter despair that these men can bring. During times of drought, men will watch the skies for signs of coming rain. When clouds gather and the skies darken and the wind blows, hope is raised in their hearts. That an end is coming to the drought, an end is coming to their suffering. When the wind blows the clouds away and no rain falls, their hope is crushed and despair sets in. This is what these men do. They come with words that sound so comforting and build hope in the hearts of those who need it. But in the end, their words prove to be false and hope is destroyed and despair grows. These men do not care that they cause such pain because all they want is to destroy any eternal hope in the hearts of those that, believe, that, that they deceive. These are God's greatest enemies and the, they glory in destroying anyone who wants to hear God's word and follow his truth. These are enemies of Christ. They're your enemies if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. The apostle says of them, for whom is reserved the blackest of darkness forever. There's no hope for those who try to exchange the truth for a lie. There is nothing more hideous to God than those who attack his truth and lead others in their deception. Christ speaks to this in all three of the synoptic gospels. Listen to Luke, Luke 17, 1 through 3a. Then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offense should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone was hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. Trading the truth for a lie is what these false teachers are all about. This is what they do. They lead others into their deception. Peter says that the blackest of darkness is reserved for them. He uses the same word in verse 4, and it's translated chains of blackness, where he says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. This blackest darkness and these chains of darkness are the same thing. 
They show the deepest depths of the pit of hell. This would be the hottest and darkest part of hell. This is where suffering comes to its perfect climax, and it is the place reserved for all who exchange the truth for a lie. This is the nature of these men. They have a black and repulsive nature, and the blackest place in hell is where their spirits will dwell for eternity. You must understand that while all Peter says of these men is true, the whole purpose of his giving this warning is that these men do not look like demons. They look good. They look very spiritual. Paul teaches of these men in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 13 through 15. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. This is the reason Peter warns so strongly that these men, they are trying for all their worth to deceive you into believing they are disciples of Christ. How can you know they're not? The only way is through study of God's word. Yes, God saves you by his grace. You're completely passive in that process. Once you have the new heart and the new spirit, and God has placed his Holy Spirit in your heart, you have a responsibility. A responsibility to study his word and to obey his commands. If you are in his word, growing in your understanding of this wonderful gospel message, you will be able to spot false teachers. Peter says the false teacher is the one substituting the truth with the lie. What is the truth? It's what we learn from Dr. Peter Jones. The truth is we worship the creator. The lie is we worship the creation. It really is that simple. It's not a difficult thing to understand. Just ask yourself, who's being lifted up as worthy and where is the knowledge coming from? If anything other than God as creator is being declared worthy and the knowledge is derived from anywhere other than God's word, then you must do as Jesus said in Luke 17, 3. Take heed to yourself. The responsibility to fall and obey the truth lies with no one but you. It's those who have not been properly schooled in God's word, those who are just coming in that are the primary targets of these wicked men. This is their design, verse 18. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. Real good answer in this, if you happen to have to be in one of those services where the guy is a false teacher, when you go out the door, tell him you appreciate those words of emptiness that he preached. Maybe you'll get his attention. Peter has already covered this ground, but he thinks it's so important that you understand he covers it again. These men are presumptuous, self-willed, as he said in verse 10. Here he says, they speak swelling words of emptiness. It's got a good ring to it, doesn't it? Their words are empty and have nothing in them. They are meaningless. 
They appeal only to the allure of the lust of the flesh. They want you to believe you're the one in control of everything, even your salvation. They appeal to the same thing the serpent appealed to, to Adam and Eve. They will try to make you believe that you can be like God. You can be his equal and not have to to depend on him. Peter says these men will go after those who have actually escaped from those who live in error. They look for young Christians. They look for those who have just seen their sinfulness and their need of a Savior, and then they try to convince them the only Savior they need is themselves. This is why it's so important to get into a church where the Word is taught and the truth preached. Nothing, nothing can save you from this deception but the truth. It is the truth of the word that must be the center of a worship service. That's why we're here. If the word's not here with us, there's no purpose for us to be here. Those who make their feelings the most important thing in worship, they're the ones who are so open to the deception of these false teachers. Why? Because that's what Peter says they appeal to, the fleshly desires and the lewdness of their thoughts. That is their plan to draw as many as they can away from the truth. Now, consider verse 19. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. These men declare freedom to be bondage and bondage to be freedom. They tell you that you can be free to do whatever feels good. They say they want to free you from the bondage of the law and morality. There's only one freedom, and that can be found only in Jesus Christ. Freedom is being able to live and do what you were created to be and do. Man was created to serve and worship God. Serving, obeying, and worshiping God is what freedom is all about. These men are in slavery to their own flesh, to Satan and the grave. When they die, there will be nothing but bondage awaiting them. But they are trying to sell it as freedom. They want to drag as many as they can down with them. They have been captured by sin, and thus they're slaves to sin. And there's only one thing that can set anyone free from sin, and that is to believe and trust in Jesus Christ and in him alone. In the next three verses, Peter sets out this understanding of the estate into which these men have fallen. First, Peter deals with their condition. He speaks of these false teachers and says in verse 20, for if they are if they for if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they're again entangled in them and overcome the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. He says if. The question is where these men were they ever true believers? No. They were not, and Peter makes that clear. He says, if they were ever saved, he rightly says, 
The only way they could have been saved was by knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But look at how he describes Christ, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He doesn't describe to these men Christ in any way. He is our Lord and Savior. He is not, nor has he ever been, these men's Lord and Savior. Yes, they were and some still are in the church, but they're not followers of Jesus Christ. By being in the church, they have heard the truth, they have known the right path to follow, but they never followed it. They never had new hearts and spirits or the Holy Spirit. Peter goes on to say, if they were once saved and they left the truth behind, it would mean that they were far worse off now than before. But how can you be worse off than lost and without hope? The condition of these men has not changed from the moment of their conception. They were conceived in sin, born with a dead heart, and they remain in that condition, for there is only one way to come out of that condition. Jesus Christ. And he said it in John 14, 6, the way, the truth, and the life, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. These men are lost. They are lost and without hope, for they do not know Jesus Christ. I hope you'll search your heart. I hope you will See, do I really know Christ? Am I really placing all of my hope, all of my trust in Christ and in Christ alone? For there's no other way. He is the way to heaven. He is the way to God. Follow him and no other. When you do not know Jesus Christ, the things that come from your heart and mind are things that have their roots in darkness. And you, your understanding is dark. This brings us to the second thing that comes from this understanding of the estate into which these men have fallen. Peter looks to the understanding of these wicked men. Verse 21. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Here, Peter speaks of the things they understood and the duty that was left undone. Had these men truly been followers of Jesus Christ, what would they have been doing? They would have been busy teaching others the way of salvation. They would have been busy learning and growing in their own spirituality. Instead, we see that they refused to follow the way of righteousness. They denied, as Peter has already said, the sovereign Lord who bought them. The whole of their life was opposite of the truth. These men came into the church and they listened to the truth. They sat under the preaching of the word and they still refused to hear and follow. They had their own standard and they were never interested in following God's standard. Peter said earlier, they came in secretly introducing their destructive heresies. How terrible it will be for those who have heard and not believed. Christ told the people of Capernaum, that it would be far worse on them on Judgment Day than for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Because the people of Capernaum, they heard, they saw the works and heard the words of Christ, and they still would not believe. They refused. This morning, I call you to hear the truth of God's word. You understand? You're all sinners lost and without hope apart from Jesus Christ. The only hope is to hear the message of grace sent into this world through Jesus. 
that he came to live the perfect life, to die the atoning death, and to win the resurrection victory for everyone who would hear and believe in him. To hear and believe also means to hear and understand that you cannot save yourself. The only way to God is through Jesus Christ. This is what these false teachers did not want to believe. It is what they refused to place their trust in, and thus they turned their backs on the sacred command to hear and believe on Christ Jesus alone. When do you not know Jesus Christ? You don't know him. You're left with an end to regret. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your end is black. It's the blackness of blackness. This brings us to the third thing that comes from this understanding of the estate in which men have fallen. This is a terrible estate that they have fallen into, an estate that will leave them trapped for an eternity in suffering and pain. Peter makes his position clear in verse 22. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed or her wallowing in the mire. Men come into the church. They sit under the true preaching of the word, but without a new heart and spirit, without the Holy Spirit, they will only wander off. They won't stay. They return to the same sinful lifestyle they were in before coming to the church. This is what Peter says of these men. They never really changed, but only appeared to change for a time. Now, please. I beg of you to stop and examine your hearts in the light of God's word. That's why we're here. Do you truly understand that there's only one way to God? Do you see in your own life the sin and rebellion scripture says we each have? Have you clearly declared before God your complete worthlessness and total helplessness in overcoming that sin? Have you placed your trust in Jesus Christ and him alone? Have you forsaken all efforts of your own to be made right before God? If you have, then you are truly one of his children. If you have not, then you are on your way back to the vomit of your previous life and the wallowing in sin and selfishness. These false teachers want to join you, want you to join them. They want you to follow your own wants and desires and to forget about God's call to holiness. They want you to believe God cannot send you to an eternal punishment because you're his equal. They're liars. You are not, nor can you ever be, God's equal. And he will send to hell all who refuse to hear his message and follow his son. This will be the final estate of all false teachers and those who follow. If you've not heard this gospel of hope, if you've not called out to Christ in utter despair, asking him to save you, if you have not repented of your sin, then I call you to do so right now. Open your heart. Confess your sin and turn away from it and repent. You don't need to walk an aisle. You don't need to raise your hand. You can do it right in your seat where you sit. It's between you and the Lord. 
Let go of your own wants and desires and place yourself in God's hand. He has promised that all who hear his message and follow Christ Jesus will be saved. They will be given the greatest gift anyone could ever want, eternal life. Please do not be a false Christian. Do not follow those who are because they desire is to, their desire is to trap your soul in sin and punishment. This is a terrible end for any life. You need to turn to Jesus Christ, follow his guidance as it is given in his word to be free of sin and death. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we have come this morning because we know you are from everlasting to everlasting. You have told us in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Lord, the desire of our hearts is to grow in your wisdom and in how that wisdom shows us Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. Thank you, Father, for the gift of your wisdom and our salvation. We love and appreciate all you have done for us in Jesus Christ. Amen.